Let us pray, my friends. Merciful and gracious God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for the gift of singing and especially the contribution of our children and those adults who lead them gracefully. We thank you for your hope and your peace that you give to us every day. We ask for extra portion today. And as we're asking for that, God, we also ask that you help us by your spirit to open our minds, our hearts, but more importantly, our souls to hear what you would have for us this day moving forward. We love you because you first loved us. For it is in the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen. My friends, our passage of scripture that would guide our time comes from Matthew, the third chapter, verses 1 through 12. And I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. And it reads, In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locust and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all of Judea were going out to him and all, and all the region along the Jordan. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You broad of vipers, you, you, who warn you to flee from the wrath to come, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourself, We have Abraham as our ancestors. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. You, you know, I'm convinced, and I posted this on one of, on my, one of my Facebook uh, posts, that there, there's typically two type of people doing this Christmas season, although it's Advent season. One is that, that person that looks stoic and that person who looks as if they're not ready for it. In fact, the caption up under that particular picture said, uh, and, it, and so it begins. And then there's the other person who is full of glee, who's excited, who wears all the festive colors. I can't stand those people. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, who puts up their Christmas tree before Thanksgiving. 
And then of course there's a combination of, of both, which is which is okay. But but typically during this this season, uh, there's a whole lot of emotions that that go on. Um, and obviously, me being a, a minister, I, I get to see it full full force in, in more ways than more ways than one. But I think sometimes we we even in this season we forget about what's more important. Advent, of course, you probably heard uh, last Sunday, I can almost guarantee that you heard Advent uh, signifies the coming or the preparation uh, of Jesus Christ. Of course, with us on this end, we have an advantage in comparison to people in antiquity. And, and that, that means people who were living during the time of Jesus, before Jesus' time. We know the end result of the coming of Jesus. We, we know, at least from a theological and a spiritual standpoint, why Advent is so important, why it's important for us to prepare our minds for the coming of Jesus. And even doing that, my friends, we may find ourselves filled with all kinds of emotions. And I'm one of both for two different reasons. One, I'm always excited to see people excited. And if it takes a season to get people more excited, then fine, I'm, I'm okay with that. But also for a pastor, I know that Advent, just like Holy Week or the Easter season, is very busy. So as clergy, we sit among ourselves. Here's a secret, unsecret. We say to ourselves, and it begins. No more free Sunday afternoon. We have to go to an all-Christmas party. No, we don't. <laughs> we have to do so many things during the Advent season as clergy. So yes, it it, it begins. But the other side of other other side of that, I'm I'm excited because Jesus is the gift to us. That's something that I'm excited about every single day, not just during the Advent and the Christmas season. And I think John is pointing to that in this particular passage of, of, of scripture. Now, let me give you a little bit of context uh, about John. John is, would have been considered that stoic person, kind of gothic, you know, with the, the long overcoat that's made of camel hair. He ate locusts and he ate honey. He was organic. He was a vegan. He was all the above. He was Typically serious, as we, if we as we look at him from a theological standpoint, he was very serious. In fact, his his birth actually signified that he was to be the serious one. He was born to be a prophet. He was born to be the forerunner of Jesus. So, of course, you're going to get that person who is more serious all the time. And in the scripture, we find the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Of course, John was very familiar with them. They're coming to him at the Jordan, at the, the River Jordan, and they're excited, like the person on the right. Very excited to be baptized by John, but at the same time, they really didn't like John. And they definitely wasn't, uh, wasn't going to be prepared or wasn't going to be supportive when they found out who Jesus really was. Of course, they heard of the Messiah, the Maccabee, the, the coming of this, this great person. But in their mind, they were preparing for a great warrior who was going to liberate them from the Roman Empire. So perhaps they're excited for the wrong reasons. And, and John confronts them. 
He confronts them, and the Bible said he calls them broad vipers, where they're, they're coming in and they're slithering in, appearing to be very smooth and very nice, but they wasn't going to be supportive of the mission. And what does that mean for us? It means that even during this season, again, we know because we on this end of antiquity, we know uh, about Jesus. We are, we can easily prepare our mind for the Christmas time or the birth of Jesus, which we celebrate uh, as December 25th for more reasons than, than one. But we have to make sure that we keep our priorities in line, that we can't allow our excitement to be misplaced. We can't allow our, our excitement for the Advent Christmas season to make us forget about what's more important, and that is Jesus. And of, of, of Jesus, of course, we know that famous slogan, and I think it is it's still relevant, and we should share it as much as possible during this season. Jesus is the reason for the season. We have to make sure that we're allowing ourselves to put focus where focus needs to be. One, that focus should be on committing ourselves to Jesus. Here's a part that we often push over, especially in this passage of Scripture, and I'm pretty sure many of us have heard it before. There is a call for repentance. Even while we're excited and we're caught up in all the, the, the things of the Advent and the Christmas season, we are still reminded of repentance, my friends. That means not doing those things that separate us from God. And that can be a multitude of things. That could be being mean to people. Not taking care of the marginalized, not taking care of those people who are misfortunate. This is a season of repentance. In fact, we can't properly prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus without acknowledging our shortcomings. Of course, I can, I can uh, write an entire sermon on that, and I've preached on, on that um, according to the lectionary, more on repentance. And I'm not going to do that now, but it is a reminder for us, my friends, that even in the midst of being excited, let us remember that God is still calling us to stay committed and, and, and calling us to do those things that are pleasing and acceptable to God. But likewise, while we may be bitter or, or, or for whatever reason or not, or may have that attitude, so it begins, we too a call to repent. Let us not be mean to those people who are excited and vice versa. Because here's the reality of all of this, my friends. In Jesus, in the preparation of the coming of Jesus, it is a sign of greater hope and peace. That's the most important part of it. Yes, again, the coming of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, that's that's the reason for the season, but there's always that question that should be that we should constantly ask ourselves, why are we excited? Why are we preparing for the coming of Jesus? And it's for that greater hope, that greater peace. That is very relevant, especially it's relevant, it's relevant for us, 
but especially for the people in antiquity, even long before John the Baptist, because even in the Advent reading, Isaiah was telling the people that there is a greater hope. He was uh, telling uh, of the coming of Jesus even before Jesus showed up on the scene physically, although by the triune God we know that Jesus was always there. But it is a greater hope for us to continue to press forward. It is a greater hope that should encourage us to offer that same hope to others. I usually don't talk about the, the capitalism part during this season, but we know it's very, very real. This is the time when retailers and Retailers, let's not say local vendors because I'm a fan of local vendors more than any, anything. Shop local mom and pop shops. That's okay. Support our local vendors. But these large corporations, they, by and large, and I'm, I'm going to make a bold statement, they really don't care about the fact that it's Advent season or, or care about the fact that we're supposed to be preparing ourselves for Jesus. When, when it comes to the season, we're typically spending more money than anything. And I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I think it is very important because that also adds into us taking our minds off of what's more important. We have to be mindful that there's people who might not be able to enjoy the Christmas season like many of us have the luxury of doing whether that's buying gifts or enjoying family, because even there's people now who are grieving more than anything. This season brings about that grief because they're, they're without a loved one who perhaps was with them last year or in years past. But thinking about Jesus should give us greater hope to offer other people and should give us greater peace to offer other people. In a nutshell, it's not really about us, although we're part of it. It is about Jesus. It's about what Jesus is, is offering to us by allowing Jesus' self to come into the world. My friends, there is a greater hope and a greater peace, far greater than the gifts that may sit under our trees or that nice, beautiful suit that I'm going to show my wife that I want. <laughs> Jesus is the greater reason for us, my friend. And I don't want us to lose focus on that. We are dead set in the middle of Advent season. We're going to see more excitement. We're going to see more people stoic. But just let us remember that God is still calling us to Keep the first thing first, and that's Jesus. Let us repent if we're not doing what we're supposed to do. I'm not going to give you the Baptist speech, which is still relevant. That's for you to decide what you need to correct during this season, but please correct with the help of the Spirit. Let us look, to the, look for the greater hope, the greater peace, which is in Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Merciful and gracious God, we thank you for that greater hope and greater peace during this season. Help us to bear fruit that is worthy 
of repentance. Help us to keep our mind on you, Lord, more than all the glitz and glitter and the glamour of this festive commercial season. Lord, we ask, Lord, that we continue to remember those who are downtrodden and those that are marginalized. May those who may be finding it hard, finding it hard to find that hope in their peace. Remind us, Lord, to be that hope and peace that we want to see in the world. By your spirit, encourage us to keep on pressing forward. Looking to you, Lord, who is the author and finisher of our faith. And remind us that we're never alone. That you are with us. Our everyday Emmanuel. And as a reminder, Lord, we love you. Because you first loved us. For it is in the name of Jesus the Christ that we pray. Amen. Let us all now stand, my friends, for the benediction. There is a greater hope and there is a greater peace in Jesus Christ, above and beyond everything. Now, by the grace of God, the love of Jesus Christ, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, may they all rest, rule, and abide with us both now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. This last song that we're